Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Going to be doing a little something different this episode. Um, it's going to be way shorter than what our normal episodes are. Travis and I kicked around the idea of not putting out an episode this week. One, because there's not a lot going on in the sports world um, that we want to preview yet. We are going to give you a Stanley Cup preview episode um, for next week. Hopefully we'll, the NBA Finals will be set then so we can do like an NBA Finals and a Stanley Cup uh, preview episode combined into one um, and two our lives are very very hectic right now uh, I'm in the midst of planning a wedding uh, that we're finishing up planning a wedding that's going to be happening next Saturday June 1st uh, then you know prepping my work my team at work to be to be ready when I'm out of town on my honeymoon for two weeks so just a lot of stuff going on in our lives um, so it's very very hard to get together at the same time so we are recording separate again I'm recording the intro going to talk about a few things Game of Thrones um, and then going to play the ad read, and Travis is going to close out the show. Um, but next week, we're going to have a full blur breakdown of the NBA Finals. Hopefully, it's it's done by then. And the Stanley Cup, um, you know, just kind of previewing the matchup there. So with that being said, I'm going to talk about Game of Thrones. Um, so when you guys are hearing this, it'll be Thursday, May 23rd. Um, and it's had a few days for everyone to kind of sit and marinate about the final. And what I hated about this season of Game of Thrones is not what happened in the show. It's all the people that were bitching about the show. I mean, this show was one of the greatest things that's happened over the last seven seasons and even the eighth season. It's one of the greatest stories ever told on television. And in my eyes, will go down as one of the greatest television series in the history of mankind. I mean, it literally had everything. There was twists, there was turns, um, things you didn't expect. And just really great storytelling, great acting, great cinematography, um, you know, great action, good drama, good character development. And people were bitching that there wasn't enough of that in this past season. Well, the characters were developed. Like, we knew who they were going into it. Um, we kind of saw the writing on the wall with some characters. And everyone's also upset that, you know, that the last episode of the series, a series that always gave us, like, a big shock factor and was always, you know, had having a second guess ourselves as to who was – you know, theoretically good, theoretically bad, that it didn't have any of that stuff in the final episode. It was kind of just wrapping everything up. But, I mean, what did you want it to do? Like, it was ending a series. Like, 
your big shock and awe factor for the for Game of Thrones season eight was episode five when Daenerys burned down the entire King's Landing and killed a bunch of innocent people. Like that was your big shock and awe factor. Now I get it. People are upset because we didn't find out who the Night King was. I think there's a reason for that. I think one of the spinoff series is going to be all about the first children and um, the whites and the Night King and who, who he is and why he's doing what he's doing and what his agenda is. I don't think there's, there's a reason they didn't explain that in this episode um, or in this season, but if I, I, I totally get everyone's reservations with, you know, we watched the, these, we were told the entire series that these people we have to watch out for and they, he just dies in, a, in an episode. And that's that um, I get that. But I mean, for me, the the season, the series finale was good. I mean, I thought it was good. It kind of wrapped up everything. Daenerys died as she should have. Jon Snow killed her as he should have because no one else was going to do it. No one else was going to step up. And if Daenerys would have ruled Westeros, it would have turned into anarchy, and the North would have rebelled anyway. You think Sansa Stark was going to let Daenerys Targaryen sit on the Iron Throne and rule over her? No, it would have caused another war. And everyone knew that that's not what Westeros needed. We did not need another war going on. Um, now, Bran being king, I do understand why people are upset with that, um, especially when Tyrion said, you know, people love stories, and no one has a better story than Bran. I'm calling bullshit on that one. I mean, Arya literally became a faceless god who could take the shape and take the face of anyone that she killed and went through a bunch of shit to get where she's at, a, a, a the whole long thing with the with with the hound, um, you know, like I said, you know, the many faced god getting stabbed in the stomach and nearly dying herself, becoming a badass, you know, swordsman, um, just a badass in general. Like she had a great story. Jon Snow went to the Night's Watch, got killed by his own men there, was re resurrected and came back to life. Went beyond the wall and you know brought the brought the wildlings you know south of the wall and kind of brought them into civilization and was the leader of them and was the king of the north and, you know, um, slept with, with Daenerys Targaryen and, you know, rode a dragon and found out he was Aegon Tar Targaryen. Like, he has a better story than Bran. Now, Bran, no doubt about it, has a great story, you know, got pushed out of a tower, all that stuff. But the fact that Tyrion's like, no one has a better story than Bran, I'm going to call bullshit. But, I mean, I think it ended well. I mean, you know, the Unsullied were never going to be able to be controlled, and they were just—they were basically just like Daenerys. Um, same thing with the Dothraki. I'm glad that they were like, you know what, you guys go do your own thing. Um, we're going to kind of stay here and, and stay in King's Landing. And, um, you know, with Tyrion being handed the king and uh, Bronn being master of coin and, uh, you know, Davos being the, the, the leader of the ships or whatever, and just— it seemed like that entire cast that were the the king's aides, you know, Brienne being leader of of the Night's Guard, um, was kind of cool. Just kind of see all those character arcs kind of come back together, and I felt like whenever everyone kind of went their separate ways, you know, John went north of the Wall with Tormund Brisbane. Um, he had to go back because that was his punishment, and you know, Arya sailing west, you know, because no one knows what's west of Westeros, like she was fucking Christopher Columbus. I thought that was cool. Um, you know, Bran, you know, when he asked, you know, what about Drogon, the, the Daenerys' dragon? And he goes, they go, we don't know. And he goes, well, I'll find out, which means he's going to go warg and to a raven and try to fly around and, and find out and see what's going on. But I, 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 I liked it. Like, I really did it. Like, I don't know what else people expected. Like, I, I legitimately want someone, if, they're, if you're listening to this podcast and you did not like season eight in general and did not like how the series ended – Please tell me how else would you have liked it to end? 
Would you want Daenerys sitting on the throne and not have the story be complete? Because my my big thing is if Daenerys sits on the throne is going to be this this mad queen who's going to rule over Westeros and be just like her father was, then you're the, the the series isn't over. Like the story would not have been over. Like it would have continually gone in circles. Now it's over. Everyone went their own ways. Arya went and sailed west. Jon's north of the Wall with Tormund. Um, Sansa's ruling the independent north now, and Bran is now king of Westeros, the six kingdoms now, and not the seven. And I feel feel like it left some openings for the spinoff series. Like there's been, there's four spinoff series that HBO is going to do. Weiss and and Benoff are not going to be a part of them, which is fine with me. I feel like they're, they're directing and stuff got a little lazy towards the end, you know, especially with the Starbucks cup and the water bottle. But I mean, I feel like the four spinoff series are going to do are fantastic. Obviously there's going to be one about the white walkers and the first children. I'd love to see one. And what George R. R. Martin says is that it's going to be, you know, ten thousand thousands of years before the the current world of Westeros that we know, talking about Bran the Builder, the first Stark who found the Stark House, all that stuff, who built the Wall. That'll be cool. But I also think they let they left it open to where any of the four characters that we know and love, or the characters that we know and love from Game of Thrones, could get their own spinoff series. I mean, you could very well see a series where Arya is just sailing west of Westeros and figuring out what's going on in her in her adventures. There could very well be a series about Tormund and Jon Snow and their adventures north of the Wall. And now that there's not any White Walkers to worry about, what what is life going to look like beyond like beyond the Wall now that there isn't any White Walkers out there? You could have a whole entire series. And when I I pitched this and I was talking to my fiance about it that. You could almost have it to where it's like almost like a like a drama comedy type deal, probably more on the comedy side. But like all those people that are, you know, the uh, Brand's aides, like all, all all the king's aides, you know, Tyrion, Dav- Davos, uh, Bronn, Brienne, you know, all those folks. Um, you know, Samuel Tarly is is the maester. It that final scene was like almost like a comedy skit, and I feel like you could set yourself up to have like some kind of a drama comedy there as well. So that's something that I think would be interesting. And also you could go back to the independent North. What is, what is Sansa Stark and the North going to do now? What is Winterfell going to look like? Like, how is that going to play out? You know, obviously they're going to be fine with whatever the King does, but what about these other kingdoms that go? And then obviously you can go back to overseas um, to where the Unsullied sailed to, to Dothraki. Like, what does that look like now that Daenerys is dead? Um, what's Drogon? But I feel like the spinoff series are going to be great, especially, you know, getting a prequel of seeing how, you know, the the, the Night King and, and the first children, kind of why they created the Night King. And um, it just kind of left a lot of things open. And But it also wrapped, like, if they were to never, if we're never to see these characters again on Game of Thrones, we know where they were going and how it ended. And it didn't end leaving us on a cliffhanger. Like, like okay, Arya's going to do her thing. Sansa's doing her thing in the north. Jon's doing his thing. Jon and Tormund are doing their thing. And Bran's kind of ruling over the Six Kingdoms. Like, we know that. And we don't have to see any more of them. But they left it up until we could see them. So I liked it. I mean, it wrapped up everything in a nice, smooth manner. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't see it coming. And Carly calls me dumb for not seeing it coming when Jon snabbed, stabbed Daenerys in the stomach when they were kissing, like I literally, my mouth was agape and my hand was over my mouth. Also, I want you guys to sound off in the comments or like tweet at me or tweet out or tweet out our account. If you think there's any kind of symbolic reason why Drogon burned down the Iron Throne, because I thought for sure after he stabbed Daenerys and the dragon flies up there, I'm like, oh fuck, Jon's dead. Like he's going to get burned alive by this dragon. Um, but he just kind of 
rears up, fires, and just spits all of his fire at the Iron Throne and literally melts it. So the symbolism that I kind of been reading and I thought about behind this is that he knows, like Drogon knows that Jon Snow did not kill his mom, like Daenerys. He he did not kill Daenerys. Her quest and her ability and her going mad to get to that throne, like her quest to get that throne is what killed her. So knowing that, he doesn't want anyone else going mad over get, trying to, to trying to obtain the Iron Throne. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to burn the Iron Throne instead. Um, so that's kind of my theory behind it. He knows that John didn't kill her. He knows her quest and becoming mad to try to get to the Iron Throne is what killed her. So thus, he's going to destroy the only thing that, that killed his mother. So it was super sad, though, when he picked her up and flew off with her. Um, I mean, it was I, just, I, th- I thought it was a good episode. Like, all these fucking dicks from Barstool, like KFC, that low-life loser, um, you know, calling, you know, he, who thinks it's cool to, you know, shit on everything, and that's always done this whole season, was bashing on it. Um, and he ran a poll on Twitter and was actually surprised when 40% of his poll thought that that last the, the series finale was good. Like, sorry, dude, we don't all share the same fucking sentiment as you. So I thought it wrapped it up as, as, as best as it could. Um, it, the storyline was complete. And um, it didn't leave kind of any cliffhangers and also left it open for future spinoffs. So that's kind of my thought on Game of Thrones. Again, for me, top five show of all time, very easily. Maybe one day in the future, Travis and I will sit down and go over our top five like TV series of all time with you because Game of Thrones will definitely be in mind. Um, you guys let me know what you guys think. We're going to play our ad from Anchor and Travis is going to close out the show. So peace and we'll be back next week. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Travis here. Hope Jarrett did a good job on the Game of Thrones finale intro. Um, Now we don't have to talk about it ever again. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Just kidding. Uh, but I hope you guys all got the ending you wanted. Uh, I don't watch it, but I know nothing's worse than a shit ending in a TV show, which I've heard some mixed reviews about it. But either way, um, yeah, we're actually recording separate again this week. Uh, we don't really have a full-on blown episode to give you guys, but we we want to stay consistent and, and keep up on the weekly podcast because, uh, you know, if we don't stay on top of it, then it's just going to fall off, and we don't want to do that to you guys. Um, so, you know, whether you listen or not this week, um, it should be worthy enough for a listen, but to kind of cover what's been going on in the sports world, um, we had the PGA championship last weekend, this past weekend that finished up. Um, and it was never really a competition. Um, you know, DJ made it close at the very end. I think he finished like two strokes off, but even then it was never really too exciting. It wasn't much of a race 
Brooks Kepka kind of ran away with it in day one, you know, and even just kind of grew his lead as the days progress. And then come Sunday, I think by the start of Sunday, he was like seven strokes up, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty much impossible to close a seven-stroke gap on Sunday of a major. Um, and the dude is – it's really trucking on all cylinders. Um, I mean, as a matter of fact, he was doing so good, you know, on going into Sunday, Bavada had a bet out that was um, PGA championship without Brooks Kepka. So like you could bet on pretty much who got second place. That's how big of a runaway it was. Um, so it wasn't fun to bet on unless you had other implications. Um, if you're betting on the three ball, um, or the two balls. I mean, that's always fun to do. But other than that, if you bet straight up on winner and didn't pick Brooks Kepka, then I feel sorry for you, and that was shitty. Um, the next major, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll kind of touch on that, is actually a few weeks away, the U.S. Open. Um, that's the weekend of June 13th. Um, that's going to take place at uh, Pebble Beach Golf Links in Pebble Beach, California. Um, beautiful golf course right on the coast. It's actually unanimously unanimously rated the number one ranked public course in the country. Um, so it should be a fun one. Uh, it's, so like I said, it's right on the coast of California, so it's pretty windy there. I'm kind of excited to see how that one pans out. You know, they always kind of pick either a tough course or one that's really not that hard. I know um, the last two winners um, – the previous years, one was 16 under and then one was one over. So, I mean, it's not a kind of like stigma that the U S open has got to be a difficult course. The odds aren't out yet, um, but it will surely be better than the PGA championship. I can, I can assure you that I, at least I hope so. Um, and the reigning champ of the U S open is surprise, surprise Brooks Kepka. Um, as a matter of fact, he's won the last, two U.S. Opens. So when I said 16 under and one over, those were both him. Uh, and this man's kind of been on the up and up as a major winning machine uh, ever since 2017. He's won four majors. Uh, he's actually won back-to-back PGA championships and back-to-back U.S. Opens. So um, this will be a three-peat of the U.S. Open if he can win again, which would be absolutely bananas. Um, I don't know the last time someone's done it, if someone has done it, um, you know, but I mean, he's, he's on the way to making a great run in golf. He already has, I mean, with both back-to-back PGA championships and U S opens um, that's, that's pretty incredible. So I can only imagine that him and DJ are going to be at the top um, of the leaderboard as the favorites going into the U S open because they're the number one and two ranked golfers in the world. Um, Actually, Brooks Koepka just surpassed uh, Dustin Johnson as the number one golfer in the world. But those two are absolutely incredible. They are easily the best in the world right now. Like, no, I wouldn't take anyone to beat those two in a two-man scramble. Um, they're playing leaps and bounds better than just about every golfer at the moment. Um, so, of course, like I said, they're going to be the favorites um, I'm not sure if I'd want to take one of them. For some reason, Dustin Johnson's just had a hard time winning majors. Um, I mean, he's always right there. Put him in your top 10 no matter what, I would imagine. Um, but, I mean, Brooks Kepka, he's almost a look at 
pretty much every favorite for the majors moving forward. Like to throw any on him, he's he's definitely got to be a look because the man plays out of his mind. Um, he even said that like he he likes playing in majors better. He thinks they're easier to win because half the people crack under pressure and like the other half just overthink it and they just kind of end up screwing themselves. Um, so I mean, he's definitely a calm, cool, collective guy. Seems like a super. Super good guy, but I mean, yeah, he's playing the best golf out of everyone right now. So DJ's my favorite. So, but it's not going to make me mad that he surpassed uh, him as the number one golfer in the world just because of the quality of golf he's playing is unbelievable. Uh, so to move on from that, from all you all you scrubs who don't watch golf, uh, you should. But the next episode, which will be thirty-five, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to do an NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals preview. Uh, me and Jared should collab on that and be together um, like we usually are. Um, so I'm just going to touch a little bit on the current series taking place um, in the NBA, which is the Eastern Conference Finals, which we thought, or I thought, uh, me and Jared did at least, that the Bucks would kind of, you know, take care of the Raptors with semi-ease, beating them in five or six but it's looking like the Raptors could maybe shake things up. The series is tied 2-2 right now. Um, they've both won each of their games at home, um, and it looks like the Raptors may have found a solution uh, to the Bucks' game plan, whether that be not necessarily stopping Giannis because they haven't uh, stopped him even in their wins, but maybe like dampening the blow that he takes to the team. Um, so to kind of like – go into what Giannis has done in the game three overtime loss in which the Raptors won. Giannis had only 12 points, but he had 23 boards, seven assists and four blocks. Like to say that those are bad numbers and that he didn't uh, kind of play a part in that game at all is would I'd be lying, but it's hard to win when the MVP and the best player on your team only scores 12 points. Um, you know, you're, even though he had 23 boards, seven assists, and blocks, 12 points, he's going to have to lead the team in scoring or be really close to it with a lot of points in order to win. Uh, he only had a 5 of 16 shooting performance. I believe he was over three from the field. So, I mean, like, that's you're not, you're not going to win uh, in the Eastern Conference final game when your MVP only puts up 12 points. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was a tough blow for them. And then in game four is when he kind of came back into his role as a scorer, but the rest of the team just shit the bed and let him down. Giannis had 25, 10 rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. So another solid game. But he, like I said, he had zero help from anyone other than Chris Middleton, who put up 30 points. So between the two of them, there's half their points right there. Um, and they had a lot of bench players that put up like four and five. Um, so just not really a big supporting cast from them there. So like I said, like the Raptors are on the up and up. I can definitely see this series going seven and maybe even seeing the Raptors win, depending on how things shake out in games five and six. Um, but I mean, either way, neither of these teams are playing consistently enough or well enough to beat the Warriors. No matter who wins this series, A, they're going to be worn the fuck out from from the series and then B, I just don't see the talent in the team um, put together to beat this Golden State Warriors team. Um, they're playing the best basketball that I've ever seen. Pretty, I mean, just about any team play. Like if you watch that Portland series, they were down by 17 and I believe every single game at one point or maybe just games two through four. 
They were down 17 points and came back and won every single one of them. They can shoot the three unbelievably. They just step up when they need to step up, and it's just getting it's getting out of hand. Like I said, I'm not going to go too far into the NBA or the Warriors or anything because I'm going to save that for next week. Um, but it's going to be hard to beat them, um, and it's kind of hard to hate on the Warriors anymore because, I mean, at this point, you just have to watch them and respect how great their team actually is. Like I've hated on them for the last, whatever, four years. Um, but now it's, it's you just look at them and you're like, it's, un, it's incredible. Like I honestly hope that they win so that their team can kind of, kind of bust apart after this year. But one little detail I will dive into because that's kind of important right now before this buck series finishes up is to bet on them to win it all. Now, right now, when this podcast comes out, go whoever, wherever you bet, bet on them, win it at all. Um, they're at minus 220. So, I mean, it's not good odds, but it's a thousand percent a lock. So, I mean, if you want to throw up however much on it, um, it it's going to happen. And the fact that it's that much of a lock at minus 220 isn't terrible. Um, so, also, since we're going to be talking about the NHL playoffs next week, um, I'm not going to dive too deep into this either, but our Blues are in the Stanley Cup Finals. I couldn't be happier. I'm still riding a high. First time they made the finals in our lives um, and in 49 years. Last time we were there was 1970, and we played the Bruins. So kind of a rematch of of 49 years ago. We're super stoked about it. Um, You know, we're going to be, you know, celebrating every game, having a watch party, drinking, pre-gaming even during the week because it's that amazing for us to even be in this position. So even if you aren't a Blues fan, even if you're a Bruins fan, um, just stick with us. Be excited for us that we're in this position. You know, like we, we've been dying for this our whole lives. Um, and side note, if you did a Stanley Cup bracket, which not a lot of people did, but there's only one person who can beat us, and that is Brett Hamilton. And for that to happen, the Blues have to win. So if the Blues win, he wins it, and we owe him a Two Drunk Brothers t-shirt, which I'm sure I can speak for myself and Jared. We will be glad to give him uh, if the Blues win the Stanley Cup. But that's a long shot away. We're going to be talking about the NBA NBA Finals and NHL Stanley Cup Finals next week on our episode. Uh, we just wanted to give you guys a little a little something-something until next week and kind of listen on. I know you probably didn't miss our voices, but we'd like to hope that you did. Um, until next week, uh, follow us. We're going to be trying to putting out some daily game lines for kind of slack in these last week and a half or so. Uh, so you can, we can win you guys some money if you roll with us there. Uh, subscribe to us on Instagram or subscribe follow us on Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, go like our Facebook page, subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, follow us on Spotify, uh, really just kind of do anything you can to help us out. Um, you know, we're still growing this thing and we will, we want to grow with you guys. So we appreciate you all and we will see you next week and let's go blues. Um, no, but we're excited to, uh, to cover everything for you next week. So lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.